Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is presented by ThisIsBracketRacing.com. As a racer, you invest a ton of time, energy, and money into competition. You deserve to enjoy the fruits of that labor. And to do so, it's imperative to bring the best version of yourself to the starting line in every round of competition. That's where ThisIsBracketRacing.com comes in. This is Bracket Racing houses more than 350 training resources dedicated to helping you reach that goal through understanding and a focused approach to execution. The best part, when you visit thisisbracketracing.com, you get one training resource absolutely free. Better yet, you get to choose the training. It can be related to reaction time, finish line driving, mechanical setup, or the mental game, whatever best applies to your specific needs at this time. Take the next step to become the best on-track version of yourself today at thisisbracketracing.com slash fast brackets. And use the slash fast brackets end link and tell Luke exactly what class you want to run and what you plans and goals are for this year. As you may or may not know, this is bracketracing.com elite is available this week only to enter. So do it this week and join this is bracketracing.com and this is bracket racing elite. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Today is episode number 14. It is the fourth week in July, and summer, as Nuke from Bull Durham would say, has announced its presence with authority. I mean, it is hot. Um, I hope that everyone has had a great racing season thus far. Um, Personally, I went to the great Luke Bogaki's summer door car shootout over the weekend. Um, He was on episode number 12. Go back and listen to that if you have not already heard it. Uh, He did an incredible job in that episode of breaking down the state of the union in bracket racing and discussing how thisisbracketracing.com can help all of us. Uh, Not only is he an accomplished racer and teacher of our sport, uh, but he puts on what I would consider the best door car race in the country. It is held at Benton, Illinois, I-57 Raceway um, in southern Illinois, and the JEGS summer door car shootout was incredible. Again, it was the ninth annual event um, that he's had. In addition to the three-day races on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, he does he does a couple other events in those races. Um, first of all, there's a quick 16, which those of us at the Fast Brackets podcast wholeheartedly endorse. Uh, there's also a burnout contest and a wheelie contest for the fans. Um, it's, it's just a fun event at a great track. 
and uh, I was excited to go back to it. I've been several times, and and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Luke does a good job of of running an efficient event as well. There were 200 door cars on the property. There were maybe nine roadsters in that group, so you know, pretty good. Um, that's maybe the only thing I don't like about that event. Uh, but uh, let me tell you this. Um, I'll just give you a quick breakdown of how that went for me. But uh, as I made my way to the staging lanes for the first time run, it went down exactly like you knew it would. You could have bet the money line on Vegas and won a bunch that way. Of course, as I roll up, there's about a half a dozen guys in what would have been beautiful first-gen Camaros, some split-window Corvettes, and 57 Chevys, but were essentially all chopped up until they were looking like something only a mother could love, were all scrambling through the staging lanes trying to line up next to me and get a piece of me and the Red Dragon. You knew that's how it was going to work, and it went down exactly that way. What I did not expect and was getting was essentially some words of encouragement from those same dudes who had forgotten to put the windshield on their car uh, to um, shove that ugly thing up one of my bodily cavities. And I am not sure um, what the measurement of a new Roadster is, and I can promise you I have never tried to fit anything up that specific cavity, but there is no way a full-size vehicle is going to fit up there. So, no, I will not be doing that. Uh, it seems silly and, practically speaking, physically impossible. Kind of like making a Camaro Roadster look good. Uh, so, quit encouraging me to do that. Um, that being said, after that, um, I, I, I didn't have a bad weekend. I turned on some wind lights, made a couple of good passes, and just when I really liked where I was at and had gained some confidence and really felt good about the remainder of the show, I had a mechanical issue that put me in the trailer. So we'll fix out that and get back out there soon. Um, I hope all of you that went racing this past weekend um, enjoyed it as much as I did. And uh, Luke, nicely done. Um, another great event, and I encourage anyone who's got – a uh, bracket door car to get in on that event next year. Um, but today, today we have another smoking hot episode for you. We have two great guests. We have Doug Crumlich. He is your NHRA top sportsman national points leader. And we also have Timothy Tripzip Hearn coming on the show. He is a junior dragster standout. Um, and represents the world of junior dragsters today on the show. Uh, so really excited to have these two guys on. Uh, but before we get at it today, uh, hit me up uh, on Twitter at Fast Brackets or follow the Fast Brackets podcast page on Facebook. Um, and just right now, like uh, hit me up, uh, give me a like, send me a message. You've got your phone with you. It is right there. Um and let me know how it's going out there for you and what you want to talk about going forward. But uh, keep it up. I really enjoy your messages and thoughts. That is all great stuff. 
Um, but now, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put them in the water box. And let's talk about Big Daddy Don Garlitz. He went for the electric mile per hour record this weekend. Um, he was trying to be the first to 200 miles per hour. Uh, he got to 189 miles per hour at 7.22 seconds beating his old record of 185 miles an hour. So not quite there, uh, but did improve on his last attempt. I'm sure he will get there. And if anyone deserves to drive an oversized iPhone at 200 miles per hour, it is him. I'm rooting for him. Um, I will tell you, I met him at a Midas in Brownsburg, Indiana one year. Uh, Totally caught me off guard. I was pulling in, and I saw a Dodge Dually pickup truck sitting outside with the words Big Daddy on the tailgate, and I thought, what kind of an a-hole puts that on his tailgate? Um, It just set me wrong right off the get. But then I went inside, uh, turned the corner, and realized who I was looking at. Um, It was awesome, awesome day for a guy like me. Um, He could not have been nicer. Uh, He went out got a hero card out of his truck, signed it, said, Rex, good luck with all your racing, Big Daddy. And uh, I thought it it was just super cool of him. Uh, He was, uh, you know, interrupted. He was trying to work on his stalker that he had run a couple years back in Indy. Um, And I I still have that up in my shop today. I thought it was super cool, and he was just just awesome to me. So I will always be a fan. what I thought was interesting about this record was was certainly him improving on his record, but the real story of this was how the sanctioning bodies played this out. Uh, the NHRA took the approach of get off my lawn. Uh, they, they charged him or were going to charge him allegedly all kinds of fees and stipulations. He's saying it was going to cost him a hundred grr to run with them. Um, I mean, and I kind of get that, I guess. Why would they want to encourage battery power cars? I mean, because they've never done that before. They've never encouraged that before. Wait, oh wait, they actually have with the electric copos. That did not seem uh, to make much sense to me than when I, I kind of replayed that. Um but that's how they're rolling right now in Glendora, um, right now to that Hall of Famer. I'm not exactly sure I understand why. I feel like they could have really uh, just turned that into some cash. I mean, uh, made him uh, let him do an exhibition run. Uh, they could have charged for that. They could they could have made that work. I'm I'm not sure I understand the uh, hesitation to bring an electric dragster from a Hall of Famer to the fold. Um, IHRA, on the other hand, took a completely different take on this and apparently said anyone with a camera can come right out on the track and video whatever they want because they were everywhere and seemingly right in the groove. Uh, Clearly not on the right side of the wall. Um, I understand that there are not going to be bolts flying loose and things like that, but uh, they did 
they kind of went the other way. So really interesting to me on how both those sanctioning bodies took that view of of what could have been a record-setting event, uh, or it was, but it wasn't the 200-mile barrier that big daddy Don Garlitz was going for uh, over the weekend. Um, I am curious about what this means for our sport. Um, would you welcome electric vehicles to the ladder? What are your thoughts on this? Um, is it weird to you that there literally is no sound from those things? Um, I, certainly the sound of drag racing is really important. It's weird to me that there's nothing going on from, uh, from an auditory standpoint that way. I don't know if I like this or hate it. I, I haven't made my mind yet. I just know that it is out there and it is about to be here. Um, and I, for one, I just want it on the record that I welcome our new computer-controlled robot overlords. And you will need, sirs, a couple of humans to help you through the process of dominating our every waking hour. So, uh, right this way, let me show you a round. All right, let's put it in the beams. Let's get going. Our next guest from Irvine, California. He was the first ever the Fast Brackets podcast subscriber. He was the first to get on board. He was the first with the karma. We love him. Uh, he was your 2002 Southern California Super Street Champion. He was your 2016 NMCA West Top Sportsman Champion. He was your 2018 NHRA Division 7 Top Sportsman Champion. He represented Division 7 for the JEGS All-Stars in Top Sportsman in 2017 and 2019. He won the NHRA Vegas National 4-Wide Top Sportsman Championship. And he is your current NHRA Top Sportsman National Points Leader. Welcome to the show, Doug Crumlich. How are you, Doug? I'm great today. It's great to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You are sitting on top of the points lead right now. Um, you know, you're up top right now, but uh, take us back. Take us back uh, to when you first got started in racing. Um, how'd you get into it, and did you ever think you would be leading the points here in 2019? Well, uh, I actually started in 1995 where I uh, – got together with an old super gas racer, Phil Parker, and uh, helped him for about six months. And then he left me uh, drive his 1967 Corvette super street car, which was in the garage, just sitting there. Uh, so it gave me a chance to run super street to start out. So the 1090 index, and then uh, only a year of super street and I had to be in super gas. So I moved into his Vega wagon and drove that for the next nine years uh, in Supergas exclusively, some brackets, and then uh, purchased a 96 Corvette out of Cincinnati, Ohio, which allowed me to run some super comp. So each transition was a little bit quicker. Uh, back in approximately about seven years ago, my good buddy Rich Okerman was kind of tearing up Division 7 with the new category of top sportsman, and I felt I had to get in that. And I wanted to go faster, and uh, here we are, going quicker. Right. So, yeah, so um, 
you know, leading the points. Uh, last year, our goal was I needed a single digit. I missed it the last three years, and we achieved that with the number three finish, getting on a hot streak about this summertime part of year, and then uh, ultimately won Division Seven championship, which was kind of not even in the radar, to be honest, in the middle of the year. And uh, this year, we needed to improve on that number three. So, again, summertime, we went on a little bit of roll here and jumped back in the points lead. I like it. So you've just progressed and progressed, and um, and you, you had good luck, um, you know, at those other levels. Obviously, um, at Super Street um, level, and then uh, and then you made to switch to Top Sportsman. Um, what what car did you move to when you went to Top Sportsman? Uh, originally, I used that 96 Corvette, which I was competing in Super Gas and Super Comp in. I stayed in a door car. I am a door car guy. And uh, we were limited by a 750 chassis, sir. It's a mild, it was a mild steel car. Um, so we were actually running that car at about 70% throttle to run around 750 on the index and finished number two in Division 7 that year in top sportsmen and then we uh figured this was going to get quicker 750 just wasn't going to cut it and we went on the search for another car which we ended up with the current 63 corvette okay and when when did you acquire that uh we acquired that four years ago okay walk us yeah. walk us through that machine if you will you i think you told me it was a former pro mod car at one time yeah, uh, so it was built in 2005 by Mike Hodges out of Missouri. Um, I've never met the man, but previous owners told me about him. Uh, it's a 120-inch wheelbase Pro Mod based on the Bickle design. I'm told it was started on the Bickle jig by, by Mike. Uh, it was campaigned back east by the Blasey family, and they won Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod in 2008 and 2009. Moved to North Carolina and started competing in uh, the big dog racing circus, circuit at P Piedmont. And uh, the best of car that I know of that it's run is a 608 at about 228. And that was with a 905-inch PAP UC motor uh, and four nitrous units and a Lenko in the car. So way more than I have currently. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's moving. Um, so what uh... – motor train do you have in the car so uh i i really like working with people that i can see so uh my motor be builder is a good friend of mine and a teammate he runs a top dragster uh andy spiegel of spiegel racing engines and it's a five inch bore space naturally aspirated no nitrous no turbo no blower it does have electronic fuel injection which is the fast system which is kind of an older system but it's what i'm used to okay uh my transmission today is a power glide i want to switch to a three speed but you know that's for later and it's built by my partner rick yeager uh who owns a transmission shop and builds them under the cutting edge transmission label so he does a lot of super gas transmissions for our friends and then um you know pretty much when our transmission gets dirty he tears it apart uh, <laughs> okay. he's always about getting inside of that thing <laughs> So we run Mickey Thompson tires. Uh, I think I was on Firestones my first year, and I've been with Mickey Thompson ever since, since 1996. Uh, they take care of me, and, of course, we use the Big Bubba tire, which is, I think, the most popular tire in the class. Uh, it is the most forgiving tire, for sure, in the class. 
So it really repeats well. Yeah, so you, you've got a big inch fuel injected power glide combo in your beautiful 63 split window, right? Right. It's a double frame rail car. So uh, I launched the car at about 6,000 RPM, which is unusual for the class. Uh, most of the guys launch them uh, at a lower RPM and pull timing out. I'm giving the car everything I got. So when I launch it, so it is built for power. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, you mentioned, uh, Mickey Thompson and, um, and your local guys, um, who all else goes with you on the road? And cause it sounds like, you know, we all need help along that. So who all goes with you when you travel, when you're, when you're making these trips? So it's me and Rick Yeager. So he's been uh, my partner and I actually got together with him through his nephew who raced for a while and then stepped away. And uh, Rick was, you know, not doing much and uh, decided to help me with my program. So the good thing about that is we are completely opposite people. I am a, Hey, just put it together. I'm going down the track and he is a, it has to be absolutely correct person. So we kind of pull each other to the middle. Uh, he also allows, you know, he does most of the work on the car and uh, pretty much tells me just get in and drive. And I have 100% confidence that everything is proper at the starting line. I don't even think of anything about the car at the starting line. So that really helps a lot you know, when we do this. Uh, that's, it sounds like a great partnership. And obviously it has worked. I mean, you just came off uh, the – back-to-back divisionals the double header there and went fourth round both uh both times so that puts you in the lead right now as we record this thing um but you but you've been here before like at this time last year you were in the lead or close to it um what do you need to do different going forward to win the national championship in your in your mind well I have to have the most points, right? Uh, last <laughs> sure. year I had 577. Today I'm sitting with about 30 less. Uh, it wasn't enough last year. Uh, I have been sworn to not change anything on the car because I like to change things and go a little quicker if I can. Um, so uh, kind of the keys have been taken out of my hand on that that portion. Um, you know, it's uh, I had one divisional left, Vegas one, last year to improve, which – I failed to do. Uh, Ronnie Proctor closed it out at Vegas. Uh, we it was pretty exciting because all the number one, two, and three drivers were all at the Vegas National Event, and uh, it allowed us to uh, uh, go and uh, compete against each other head to head. So this year, I have uh, due to a schedule change. Our Phoenix race is in October. Vegas is November. Pretty much I have a 40 to improve on. Uh, the rest of them are fourth round or better in the points. So I'll probably forego my last national, uh, which is actually sandwiched between those. So just got to finish out well, keep the consistency, go- consistency going, and, you know, cut a good light and run the number and let everybody else try to get better. Right, right. Well, that Vegas um, divisional, that that's a game changer because it's a 60 car, 64-car field. And and it does. It uh, it's kind of a chance at the end to make up some points because you know it's going six rounds, and um, yeah, that that all plays into the strategy at the end of the season. 
It does. Uh, it uh, the tough part about it is it is pretty much you know sixty four cars, right? So a lot of people come out for both Vegas races, the beginning of the year and the end. Uh, you get guys from all over the divisions, a lot of fast cars. We actually do bump a sixty four car field at that race. So it's like our Indy. It's the biggest one in the country uh, as far as it goes. So that means it's probably the toughest one in the country to win. Um, sometimes it throws the nitrous guys for a loop because the air is so dry there, 10% humidity generally in Vegas. Uh, so it does change their setups a little bit. It's a great national event track. Uh, so the, the quality of facilities is second to none. And uh, just it's at the end of the year. We don't get to go to Pomona yet. I'm hoping that changes next year, but uh, that's the last race of the season to do anything. Right. Well, because you're sitting out in Division 7 and we've had guys come on and talk, um, I just got to ask your opinion. So um, do you have any thoughts on the field sizes for Division 6 and D- Division 7? Because obviously you qualify 48 out there, and it impacts you as long as you're winning. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, like, you know, Steve Kasner was on the other week, and I told him I would burn that I was booing his response to that because <laughs> he is a West Coast guy. Uh, but uh, I don't uh, – truly, I don't think that the current uh, point system is an issue. I haven't seen it affect the national championship as of yet. Um, we – you know, I'm a 680 car. Uh, right now with Indy being a 32-car field and 2,100 miles away, I'm not going simply because it's a 50-50 shot whether I'll be able to qualify there. So, And that's the fear out here is that we don't have other organizations to run with. We have only NHRA. 600-mile toes is an average for us. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a big commitment to get there ahead of time. Fuel prices are very high, um, it, you know, myself i would rather see it be a uh, maybe a maximum dial index so if you do tow 2100 miles and you can run under the index you're in the show um it looks like every other sportsman category you know super street or um, super gas super comp stock super stock uh and comp they all have really the same kind of mix and matching you know this week or coming up for indy uh, you're looking at 160-car possible field, which is two extra rounds than normal. And nobody's really having an issue with those extra points. And um, I think it's just a matter of, hey, if you go to that long race and you have to go an extra round, you know, hey, it's just more work to do, to do that. Uh, it chops into our round bonus points. So two weeks ago at Woodburn, I went four rounds. I got 63 points this weekend. I went four rounds in both the Sonoma races and got 62. So I lost a bonus point on two races by doing that. Really, only the winner uh, gets that extra points that everybody's kind of concerned about. Yeah. No, I I like it. I appreciate your take um, giving us a differing opinion on that than what we've had thus far. Um, Rob, Let's tag him. Let's tag uh, Doug Crumlich. Give him the podcast certification. Doug, you come back anytime you want. You get certified for being the first to get on board, the first with the karma, and being the national points leader. And, of course, you killed it today. Uh, Doug, thanks for coming on. Best of luck to you the rest of the season. Go get them. 
Well, thank you very much for actually creating this podcast. Uh, it's great to have one that's dedicated to the faster brackets, you know, the top sportsman, top dragster. And uh, that's why I joined up so early because I saw it as a quality type show and uh, very happy. And I keep looking forward to it every week. So thanks for having me. Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. When it's time to make a tough tuning decision, who do you turn to? Of course, you turn to an expert tuner who has seen those conditions before. So when it's time to make a tough legal decision, who do you turn to? Of course, you need Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com. He's a drag racer and someone who has seen those legal conditions before. When you need someone you can trust to give you the proper legal tune-up, go to DragRaceLawyer.com. All right, let's start off. Let's go to the NHRA national event in Denver, the Mile High Nationals. They ran top sportsman and top dragster there. And on the top sportsman side, your number one qualifier was Alan Firestone at 665.7 at 205 miles an hour. And we know that was quicker than what the pro stocks could do up there. So good for them uh, for putting on a show. There were not that many cars up there. So Alan could not have been critiqued too heavily for not getting after it like he did. Uh, there were only 15 cars up there. Um, at the end of the day, though, your winner was Greg Lair over Monty Weaver in the final. Greg was 006 off the tree and Monty broke out for the win, uh, giving the win to Greg Lair. So nicely done, fellas, up on the mountain. On the top dragster side, your number one qualifier at 6.286 seconds at 220 miles an hour was Steve Schneider. And let me just say this. The adjusted density altitude up there was 9,477 feet. You heard that right almost 10,000 feet up there on the mountain. So, of course, it was a little slower. Um, there were 25 dragsters that hauled their stuff up the mountain, and ultimately the winner was Tony Stark. Wait, that can't be right. Did Iron Man win? Of course he won. Who teched him in? Um Tony, nicely done. That is his first national event victory. Uh, congrats to Tony Stark. Um, also then, um, now we can go to the PDRA side of the country. They, they contested their event in Salem, Ohio at Dragway 42. Of course, they have a couple different categories for top sportsman and top dragster. On the top sportsman elite side, your number one qualifier was Aaron Glasser in his Harvey Dent-themed Camaro. He goes 401 at 184 miles an hour to take the pole position there. Their bump spot in those cars was 415 in that 16-car field. And the winner of that event was Glenn Butcher, who goes dead on two for the win in his gorgeous 69 Camaro. I really love that car. Um, congrats to Glenn for winning Top Sportsman Elite uh, in Salem, Ohio. On the top dragster side, your number one qualifier was Jody Stroud at 374 at 197 mile an hour in the eighth. And he knocks off Brian the Bender 
Bednar, uh, who was your number two qualifier. Um, as you remember, the Bender had that pole position three state times in a row and was looking to try to make it four. Uh, congrats to Jody Stroud for claiming that uh, from the Bender. That won't sit well with him, I know. Um, but he'll be right back out there. The bump spot was a 4.061, and those were in hot conditions. So those guys were moving. And your winner... Um, from the Racing RVs camp was Zach Fisher. He is 19 years old, gets the win in the final, and I'm guessing we will see a lot of him in the future. So nicely done, Zach. Congrats there. Um, Top Sportsman then also had their regular 32 um, qualifying after the Elite uh, version, and there were 52 cars on the ground. So the first 16 were uh, the Elite then you have the next 32, um, 48, and then the four last qualifiers went to the bracket bash. So another full field for PDRA. Uh, it feels to me like they have the right system. Everybody gets to race if they haul into the the track. And the bump for their top sportsman regular version was 454. So nicely done there. And Buddy Perkinson gets the win. He ran back-to-back. 443 with eights in the semi in the final to claim that victory. Nicely done, buddy. Um, and the top dragster folks, there were 43 cars there. So they're just a little short of the full field for this one. Um, and Noah Johnson gets the win for top dragster. Uh, very good event in the heat for the PDRA in Salem, Ohio. Now we go west. And look at the NHRA Division 7 Divisional in Sonoma, California. There were two events there. It was a double-up event. Uh, So those guys hauled in on Wednesday and left on Sunday and ran two events. And your number one qualifier in Top Sportsman from Gilbert, Arizona, in his 67 Mustang, Brian LaFlamme. He goes 626 with an 8 at 228 miles per hour. There were 47 cars, so a good group there. And your winner is Steve Gallio. Uh, he is 11 on the tree, one above for the win. Nice work, Steve, to start that weekend. Um, on the dragster side, your number one qualifier was Shane Molinari from Battleground, Washington, in his 17 Race Tech uh, version. He goes 610 with an 8, so really close to that index there and goes 224 miles an hour to claim the number one spot. Uh, there were 51 Piper Axe shooting for those 48 spots, and the bump was a very quick 7.029 uh, for 48 cars. And your winner, uh, first leg of the weekend, Ed the Undertaker Open gets there first over Jeff Havens. Ed, you know from coming on the show previously and uh, nicely done there, Ed. So they, they kind of wrap up uh, the first event on Friday and then start again on Saturday and Sunday. And your second event uh, for Top Sportsman then is, again, Brian LaFlamme. He steps it up a little bit and goes 619 at 229 to claim the top spot. Um, and your winner in Top Sportsman on the second event of the weekend is in Division 7 is Jeff Gillette over Don Mazir. Um, nicely done, you two out there. Congrats, Jeff. 
Um, on the top dragster side, then, your number one qualifier was Ryan Carlson. He goes 613-9. There were a full 48 cars there in that field. And the winner, our hero, the champ, Paul Nero is nails. Goes 009, dead five for the win over Cody Weber. Cody had a nice run. Gets a 26-pack and gets 12 change from Paul Nero. Ouch. Um, congrats to Paul for another victory. He's he's making another run, obviously. Um, but uh, congrats to all those guys out there for putting on a show all week. Um, next week, we will talk about the NHRA national event in Sonoma, where both top sportsmen and top dragster are held, and then the NHRA Division 5 double event in Topeka, which I know will be packed as well. So that'll be that'll be a great event. Uh, it seems like that's catching on a little bit, these double events. Haul once, race twice, good stuff. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for a minute. Uh, we've got Timothy T-Bone Hearn and David Hearn from Hearn Motorsports. Uh, Timothy, or Trip Zip, Timmy, as we call him, is a junior dragster standout. He is the youngest guest we've ever had at eight years old. And his father, David Hearn, is your JEGS Summer Door Car Shootout Burnout Contest winner and standout both on the Super Pro and Footbrake side of bracket racing. Uh, essentially the all-American family drag racing-wise. Um, David, T-Bone, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. T-Bone, you good today, buddy? Yeah. I like it. I like it. Thanks for coming on. Uh, hey, David, uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your car and program? Okay. Uh, the car I drive is a uh, back half 69 Camaro, small block, power glide, alcohol fuel, pretty normal kind of deal. Um. I started racing, well, now that I say that, almost 20 years ago. Doesn't seem like it. Um, but uh, we travel around, do the bigger money bracket stuff, foot brake and, and super pro both. I usually double enter the car anytime I get a chance. And uh, put a whole bunch of passes on it and beat it up and try to do some good. Usually it doesn't work out. <laughs> um, <laughs> David, for sure, undersells his... Uh abilities for sure and uh you know thanks for talking us through that but then um you you've recently got the whole family involved um timmy do you mind telling us a little bit about your car as well i started off with a 2007 tim mccamish junior dragster and for christmas this year i got a 2013 mike boss car with hudson power hudson power Nice, nice. And what what class do you race with that dude? In the in the Midwest Junior Super Series, I run eight ninety index in bracket racing locally. I have been eight fifty five at seventy seven miles per hour in bracket mode. Nice, nice. That is moving. Um, and and with that Midwest Junior Super Series, I mean they go all over. Um, you guys travel quite a bit with that. Um, T-Bone, what is your favorite track? Indianapolis. That a kid. The big go. You like it, don't you? 
Yeah, I like Indianapolis because of the story behind it and how much history it has. My man, um, I love that. It's uh, And you've raced at Gateway quite a bit, which is a super nice track. You've raced at a lot of really nice tracks, but you nailed it with the history behind the Big Go. is uh, very, very cool. Um, David, you want to talk a little bit about how big this Midwest Junior Super Series is and how much travel is involved for, for these guys and your family in general? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they, uh, we, we, they, they make it all over. Um, I think they're, they have seven races on the schedule this year, uh, Terre Haute, Indiana, Norwalk, Ohio, uh, Byron, Illinois, Martin, Michigan, Gateway and Indy. Um, yeah, they, uh, they definitely get us some, to some tracks we wouldn't normally go to, you know, just for weekend racing and, uh, and to some really nice tracks. It seems like they, they search out the, uh, the higher quality facilities for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, uh, it feels like. Uh, more travel than than what uh, has been done in the past, but I mean, when when you talk about the quality of races, um, yeah, you guys have not, and and most people just don't. They don't flinch. They're like, that's where we're going, and it, it's become a big family. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, we uh we have a, a living quarters trailer. We travel as a family. We don't even hardly think about it. Our vacation time all goes to you know traveling around to races and. Uh, yeah, we just throw everything in the trailer and head off for four or five days at a time. Yeah, and who who all goes in your crew? Because I know you've got a, a really good crew chief as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's well, me and me and T Bone here, honestly, and uh, and my wife Michelle and and my youngest son Braden. And uh, Braden was just talking to me a little bit ago. He's he's ready for a junior dragster now already. So <laughs> at at uh, five years old, basically. So. I have Let's no get doubt offensive. with that dude. That dude is, I know he's ready to roll. <laughs> yep. Hey, um, T-Bone, um, I know you already talked about Indy a little bit, and I know that you've been to PRI as well. What is your favorite thing about PRI? Yes, I've been to PRI. Hearing all the big names and all the new stuff also is where I meet up for sponsors to talk about my plans for the next season. Yep, and you've you've got some of those sponsors. You mind um, talking to us about those sponsors that have helped you do this? Summit Fleet Services, Team Live On. Team Live On is a group of racers that race in memory of our good friend Pat Rogers. And I'm also sponsored by Mom and Dad. <laughs> there you go. I, I like that. Um, can I give you some advice, T-Bone? Go. Oh, um, and also... Yeah, go go to your local farmer's agent and ask for some sponsorship there. Okay. Your local farmer's insurance agent will be happy to sponsor you. I'm sure of it. Okay. He's, uh, he's helped us out already quite a bit, so I think we're in good shape there. <laughs> um, good, good stuff. Um, Timothy, I know you've got some big goals for this year. Um, why don't you talk about what your goals are um, for your racing year this, this season? So one of my goals are getting to top five in the Midwest Junior Super Series points. And my other one is winning a big daddy for my family. Okay, I like it. Um, David, can you talk us through what the big daddy is? And uh... Yeah, yeah. The, the big daddy trophy is uh, is the Midwest Junior Super Series version of the Wally Trophy that NHRA hands out. 
Um, and as you might guess, it is, it's big daddy, Don Garlicks. Um, one of the very cool things that, uh, that they have done is all the series champions at the end of the year, get their name on a plaque, which goes on a huge big daddy trophy that's at the Don Garlicks museum in Ocala, Florida. Um, so basically your name, your name goes into the museum, you know, if, if you win the championship and that's, that's all done with garlic, uh, in conjunction with the, uh, with the series. And that's, that's pretty cool for these kids to get to do. Yeah. That's, uh, kind of like the Stanley cup, right? All the names go on it or the board exactly. or something yep. like that. Yeah. That, very, very cool. And so that goes in the garlic museum down in Ocala. Yes. Yep. Uh, and then, and then you get your trophy, you know, to bring home also, but, uh, but yeah, there's a there's one, and I'm not sure how big it is. It's really big. It's several feet tall or whatever, uh, and that's where all the names go on in Ocala. Well, I think one of the great things that um, NHRA and and some other organizations have done to really fuel this sport forward is get the little kids involved. And when I say little, they're eight. They're they're big now. And uh, and I know Timmy, and uh, you know he's he's a great kid. But you know I didn't have that growing up. And um, right. I think it, I think it here. really helps uh, the sport because these guys are in it from an early age, and um, it is really cool stuff. I mean, just uh, it's, yeah, it's yep. really cool. Absolutely, it's uh, everybody told me uh, when when we first got into this junior dragster thing, they said, well, you know, you'll you'll have so much fun watching your kids race that you know it'll it'll be as much fun as racing your own car. And I didn't buy into that. Um, However, once we got started, it's probably more fun to be honest with you. Watching, watching him turn on that first wind light at Indy uh, at his first World Finals there that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, really great stuff. And then, and you guys just embrace it as a family. Uh, your like you said, your family vacations are revolved around racing. And recently, Absolutely. you guys just made a, I think it was a ten or twelve day trip. Um, talk us through that trip a little bit. Cause I know Timothy ran and then also you ran as well. Yeah. Yeah. We made it, we made a, a big, uh, I guess we'll call it an Eastern swing, huh? <laughs> we, uh, we went, uh, to Norwalk, Ohio for, um, his, his series and, uh, he raced there. Um, we put on a little family competition to see if we could go the most rounds at each of our respective races. Uh, I think we basically ended up about tied, but. Yeah. Um, anyway, went up there and, uh, and raced at Norwalk for, for four days and traveled the mountain range down into Bristol, Tennessee. And then I ran at the world Footbreak challenge, uh, the following weekend. Okay. So that, that's quite a trip from Southern Illinois to Northeastern Ohio, then down to, uh, Tennessee and then back. And, and yeah, 2,080 two miles. It was, uh, pretty good trip by the time we got boring home. too boring <laughs> oh no it was for the wait yeah oh, all the wait time yeah. it's it's a long trip for sure um but uh t-bone tell me what was what's the thing you like most about racing um my favorite part about racing is the nerves that get into you when you're about to make a pass and getting the win yeah, that wind light comes on, man. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, not not much is better than that. I, I agree. Um, well, uh, David, you guys went and, and you did the junior stuff in Norwalk. Then you did the World Footbreak Challenge down in 
uh, Tennessee. And then recently, you just won the burnout contest at the Summer Door Car Shootout in Benton, Illinois. Um, uh, nice I had a li- feeling that was going to come up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you kept it in the water box, um, you know, right um, like as long as you could. We couldn't see the car anymore, and uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, so my question to you is, did you take steroids or any other PEDs prior to getting it in the box? <laughs> um, well, uh, we had uh, we had gone out to eat uh, just before they had called up the burnout contest, and we had left and went to a Mexican restaurant. And um, I was unaware at the time that I had qualified for the finals for the burnout contest, and uh, uh, a good friend of mine had uh, had paid for our dinner and, and bought a couple of drinks. So um, you might say my Val Springs hate me after <laughs> after that whole situation. So uh, yeah. <laughs> performance enhancing drugs there at the in the water box so you won the burnout contest i'm sure there'll be a massive investigation into that uh guys thanks for coming on uh tell us tell us what's next for you guys in hern motorsports um i believe uh this coming weekend we are going to head to coles county dragway um they're having a memorial race for uh for ron zen up there and uh paying some pretty good money so I think we're going to head up there and probably race both cars. And uh, from there, I believe we're on to Byron, Illinois, for the Midwest Junior Super Series. So, um, for the for just the juniors. So, uh, we've got a got a pretty full schedule coming up the next several weekends. It sounds like it. Um, thanks so much for your time today, guys. Uh, that was Timothy Tripzip. Hearn and David Hearn from Hearn Motorsports. Guys, we wish you the best the rest of the season. Hey, thanks for having us, Rex. If you don't mind, I'd like to throw in a few more of our sponsors. Um, Fuel Lab uh, Fuel Systems has helped me out for a long time, uh, as well as Snarely Racing Transmissions and Ken Jones Performance Carburetors. So they, uh, they've helped us out and, uh, and make our cars what they are for the most part, so... I know all those guys, and they are very, very solid. So glad you mentioned it. Yep. Good luck, guys. Um, Timmy, right. thanks for coming on. David, um, see you guys around. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having us, Rex. Bye. Okay, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode 14. There it is, that beautiful wind light. Um, hey, special thanks to Doug Crumlich and Trip Zip Timothy and David Hearn for coming on the show. Um, next week, we will have results, points, updates, and as always, the best drivers and tech talk in our classes. Um, hey, subscribe. Help me out. Um, get the word out to your friends. Follow or like on Facebook. Tell your friends about the show um, and then you know, give us a like on Facebook. That really is the best way to count our listeners. Uh, retweet and share the Facebook and Twitter links um, and make a comment. I don't care what you say. Um, you can say, you know, my car is fast. You know, I follow directions, whatever it is. That's that's all good. Um, but if you have listened to this each week um, and if you get one laugh per week or if you gain some information each week that you didn't have before, just take three seconds, 
hit that like button and let us know you're listening. And then uh, tell your like-minded fast bracket friends. Um, as always, tell them, hey, you can reach me at uh, Twitter on Fast Brackets and the Fast Brackets podcast page on Facebook. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode like I did. Try to stay cool out there. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. You're familiar with our latest podcast sponsor. This is Bracket Racing Elite. You know two-time NHRA world champion Luke Bogaki and his team of instructors that includes Kevin Brannon and Justin Lamb. What you may not know is that there is more to thisisbracketracing.com than the premier membership community. This is Bracket Racing Elite. This is bracketracing.com houses more than 350 training resources dedicated to all facets of competition. And each one of those resources is available for purchase individually or as a portion of the master course on a certain topic, like reaction time, finish line, driving, tech, and more. You want to become the best version of yourself on the starting line. We all do. This is bracketracing.com is to help is dedicated to helping you in that pursuit. Give yourself the advantage of understanding and the tools for improved execution. You deserve it. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash improve fast. And for this week only, this is bracket racing elite is open enrollment. So if you want in, get in this week. Another show in the books. Number 14. Um, yeah, we're, we're getting a little better. Um, man, the guests are incredible. And you know I had to give my man, David, a little bit for uh, having a margarita before his burnout contest. <laughs> and I love that Iron Man won a race. Uh, who is teching that? I mean, Iron Man can't win. It's, 